So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta podcast. I'm your host, Doc Jake Swarp, and today we are with one of our other docs over here at Athletes Potential. Uh, he's brand new to the clinic, but he is not new to the profession. The guy is a clinical ninja. He brings a ton of, of experiences and talents and skill sets with him, and we're so excited to have him as part of our team. So, uh, Dr. Marcus, man, what's up? How you doing? Good to be on here. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't wait to get you on here, man. I'm, uh, you know, it feels like it's been a long time coming. You know, the the interview process for you was definitely a little bit more of a abnormal one. <laughs> you know, where, uh, you know, we started talking to you before COVID happened, mm-hmm. and then COVID did happen, and it mm-hmm. kind of throws everything for a wrench, and uh, or everything. Uh, and in the middle of all that, you move from the DC area, Virginia area, down yeah. to Atlanta, kind of all yeah. with a bunch of unknown, but it all worked out at the end. So we're excited to have you on the, on board here. Yeah, it was quite a journey uh, going yeah. from Virginia. Uh, you know, my, my wife and I, we just moved uh, eight weeks ago from Northern Virginia and we made it safe and sound here in Decatur. And uh, we're just couldn't be happier to uh, just get settled and for me to get working with you guys and Hannah Grace, uh, my wife, she's working at Emory uh, at the NICU. So we're just really, really happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting. What You have a particular background that not a lot of people have, I would venture to say, in the country where um, you went from a performance-based uh, clinic and then uh, you went into a little bit more of a traditional clinic, but then mm-hmm. developed, a, uh, I'm going to sound a little bit like Liam Neeson here, but developed mm-hmm. a very particular set of skills where um, <laughs> you, you work with, where you did a lot of like um, men's pelvic floor, um, yeah. which is a super underserved but um, needed area. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, for our listeners here, could you give a little bit of a background of um, I guess just who you are. I mean, you have, you, you are an elite level soccer player. Um, mm-hmm. you're working with inner Atlanta here. So mm-hmm. go, go give us a little bit of a recap here. I'm sure you've done this a million times at this point, but, um, <laughs> you know, kind of how you, how you kind of played wearing the stars and stripes and then moved on to physical therapy and, and you kind of your journey with that. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, going way back, I got involved in, uh, playing soccer for the U S soccer federation, uh, at age 13, I rose through the ranks at a really young age, playing competitive soccer, traveling teams, all the likes, and then, you know, made the state team, regional team, and then eventually the national team, and moved away from home at 15 years old to uh, join the residency program in Florida. I was living in California at the time, and, and my parents said, hey, you know, go for it, you know, chase your dreams. So uh, did the residency thing in Florida for two years, went to college, and then started to gather injuries. That's kind of what happens in competitive sports. So 
found myself with multiple surgeries and uh, many, many concussions. And by the end of it, I was 20 years old and just lost a step, lost two steps. And, you know, honestly, it was just, just in pain. I mean, my body was hurting. So after uh, all the surgeries and injuries, I found uh, a way to learn you know, naturally or rehabbing all the time physical therapy from these surgeries. And I found myself really intrigued by the entire profession of physical therapy. So um, I started up a business uh, really based on teaching uh, kids how to use their bodies and how to use movement as a way to heal. Conditioning for corrective exercise, and that led into my doctorate. So I applied for uh, my physical therapy uh, doctorate at Central American University, got in, and then from there it's just been practicing. Uh, so I practiced at DeWitt Physical Therapy out in Santa Cruz, California for a few years, uh, and really that was an incredible experience. We had barbells everywhere. I was coaching CrossFit classes, and it was a very much a functional sports based clinic where we were really trying to train people with high performance levels, uh, and then not only train people in, through physical therapy, but I was also running class. So I was running from responsibility to responsibility, just having a great time with that. Yeah. Uh, and then, so at the time, uh, you know, my fiance and I, Hannah Grace, we were in Santa Cruz having a great time, and then she got a nursing school out in Virginia. So we had to up and go from Santa Cruz, and I had to take a job. So I took a job uh, with a more of a standard clinic, uh, I shouldn't say standard, but more of a uh, clinic that's catered to uh, more of a Medicare population. It was unique in the sense that it offered a hybrid cash and also insurance-based model. And they also specialized in vestibular, uh, pelvic floor, a lot of very unique specialties different from the strength and conditioning performance world that I came from through soccer, through collegiate sport, through uh, DeWitt physical therapy. So, um, it really opened my eyes to uh, so much uh, variance within uh, the, you know, well, I mean, I, I of course was well-trained in the vestibular, but I wasn't really practicing it. I was well-trained in working with an older population, but I really wasn't practicing it that, that much as well with the wit. So then at this other clinic, Back in Motion Physical Therapy uh, and Physical Therapy Your Way, it was a combo clinic. Um, I realized I was surrounded by male and female pelvic floor specialists. Literally, the owner had written a book on pelvic floor care, and I said, well, I'm, I'm going to learn. So from there, it, it was very different from my background, but I said, you know, if I'm surrounded by experts, I'm going to learn. So I uh, not only did vestibular, I worked with her on understanding the vestibular system and really getting into that specialty more as well as uh, pelvic floor. Um, and then it eventually just became time for us to leave again. So we went to uh, uh, Atlanta uh, and after about a year and a half in Virginia, and we really were making this place home. So that's big, long story, I suppose, but I mean, it's a lot of variance and there's a lot of things yeah. going on that really brought me here. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, man. So just, just a quick recap. You go from a high performance situation as an athlete to a coaching situation where you where uh, where you know your your athletic career got cut short um, from mm -hmm. a, from an array of injuries, um, mm -hmm. unfortunately. But then you're able to use that experience and, and try to help youth athletes in particular try to and, and uh, avoid those situations, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. And then you and then you want to take that that knowledge a step further by going into PT land, where you get to work on not just the athletic performance side but the human rehabilitation side as well. Um, yeah. 
but then you're able to really kind of bridge those two gaps together and, and where you're at now with athletes potential. So, um, dude, I love it. And you know, you and I have a, have a little bit of a similar background with, um, having experiences in both the in network and out of network kind of realm, yeah. if you will. So, yeah. and you know, it's, it's always like a breath of fresh air to get into the, the out of network world. Um, because, in that work, man, it, I'm sure you had a lot of similar frustrations as me, but, um, you know, I work for, you know, not speaking ill of the clinic, I work for a great clinic, you know, they treated their patients well, but it just didn't suit like the in-network model. It really seems to be more and more suited for um, the, uh, just maybe the average post-op patient, like early stage mm-hmm. post-op. Um, mm-hmm. geriatric, um, you know, we're really just baseline movement is kind of the goal and mm-hmm. it, it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, I don't know too many other worlds where, uh, or too many other industries where over the past 20 years, uh, the, uh, reimbursement rate has gone down for the services, you know? Right. Um, and, 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 the, and, you know, PT is not unique to that. It's really all of healthcare in general. And it's really putting, it's really squeezing the, um, stress or the stressors or the stress, cap- stress capabilities of the healthcare system. And what you see as a result of that is you see more and more clinics treating more and more people per hour to try to make yeah. up that loss. And yeah. it really turns into, it's unfortunate. We see it all the time in the clinic where, we have people coming in and they say that they've been, that they feel like they've been treated just like, like in, in a factory almost, you know, where there's really no thought process. They get to work with the um, provider with their healthcare provider or the physical therapist, maybe 15 minutes, the rest they're on their own or being shuffled along to a PTA. What were, uh, what were some of the, did you, do you, did you experience any of those frustrations when you were in an in-network world? Yeah, it was very much a environment that, you know, I was treating, you know, one patient at a time uh, per 30 minutes for some of my experience. And then I was also treating one patient at a time for an hour. And then some other clinic, I had some of my rotations, and I was working with two, maybe even three patients in a 30-minute time. So just, I've seen the range of what, um, the kind of the, the speed of being able to focus from, okay, I've got 30 minutes and I've got two people in front of me, what, what can I do? Or I've got one hour and I've got one person in front of me, what can I do? And I, I've seen the range of environments that uh, a clinician really has to work. They have to work and focus and provide the best care possible. And it's really taught me a heck of a lot about what I wanted as a clinician, which is super important to really realize as a clinician. You know, you get out of school and you think you know what you want, but then you actually go out there and practice. And then, you know, is it what you want? And really start to marinate within yourself and see how you fit. Uh, and so, yeah, seeing the different variants in, in clinical settings has really brought me to my own clinical uh, personality and to understand what I want it was a real important part. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I, yeah, I totally agree, man. Mm-hmm. I think that... Um, knowing who you are as a clinician is super important. But then also I think what is equally as frustrating is when, um, is that model or, or the model that, that, um, that I had, had a little bit of time with, but, you know, comparing the cash base versus the in network world 
when you when you're working with a couple people at a time or you're working with with multiple um you know a really high volume you really turn into somebody who's just treating a problem or just treating yeah. a body part you're not really right. treating the human being and man i can't yeah. tell you how backwards that is you know yeah like, yeah, I mean, I can, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you with that. It's, it's a very difficult thing as a clinician. We all get in this profession because we care. We actually want to help people. And right. we're not, we don't get in this, you know, profession because, oh, I love knees. Like, I can't wait to treat a knee all day. You know, that's not why we do it. We actually like people. And from there, it becomes, well, how do we actually get to work with people? We work because their knee is injured. We work because their shoulder or their balance. And, you know, these are all just uh, kind of uh, different ways that we connect with the person. And then our specialty relies on our ability to connect. And so to actually say, okay, I've got two or three, or even I've, you know, seen and, and been around clinics that are having four, even five patients in you know, 30 to 45 minutes, it's just, you cannot possibly focus on who the person is. You are just naturally going to reduce your mental load down to the least common denominator because you have to. If you're yeah. dealing with so many joints, so many moving bodies, so many things that are running around, you hook that person up to stem, you know, or you know, get that person on ultrasound, or you do three sets of ten. You just have to create an algorithm in your brain, and that naturally is not why we got into this. It's like we didn't get into this to, to just become algorithm machines. We actually want to help people. And so that really became what I realized what I, um, I wanted. I mean, I really was exposed to that at DeWitt. I loved working at DeWitt. It was such a great clinic. And then being able to continue that uh, with back in motion and physical therapy year away, working an hour you know, with, with patients was, was wonderful there too. And then, you know, to continue that here at this potential to just connect and say, what, where are you at, where are you feeling you should be, and how can I really connect with you to facilitate that gap? Because facilitate the, the bridging of that gap, if you will. Uh, that, that's, that's really, I think, the best of physical therapy. Yeah, dude, for sure. So what, uh, what, what, so when you are starting to take like when you're trying to trying to meet someone where they're at, or you're trying to take all these different um, aspects of working with a human into account, what are some of the areas that you feel are commonly missed in the world and in the world of PT land or just medicine in general, we can say? Um, I mean, and, and I talk about in general, like when you go to a, a more of a higher volume clinic or more of a less specialty clinic, like what's I mean, it could be, it could just be like general medicine or just some of the, you know, being, being in the profession on a daily basis, we get to have a little right. bit of an inside look. So, right. um, or just in the industry more so than, than the profession. I mean, I mean, it can be, it can trickle over to, um, like your general, your general care provider, man. Like yeah. I see a lot of holes there where just like, yeah. where's, and, um, but what are some of those issues that you, that you currently see and that you're really trying to, um, and then we can take that a step further and say, what are you trying to solve or, or help avoid with your, how you practice at, at AP? Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of things in medicine that they're, they're, they're now problems because time has become a commodity. Yeah. Uh, and you go into any hospital and you just see, I mean, 
it's it's fast paced. There's things going around. There's people, you know, it used to be you know a decade or two ago, you can stay two or three you know, nights in a bed in a hospital, and now nowadays that's like no, get them out of me. Like it's it's becoming this time-based commodity, and naturally. Um, there are things missed. And yes, you could use algorithms, and yes, you could use systemization as best as possible, but just time is such a valuable commodity. So things are being missed. Like you're, you know, you're getting these hyper-specialized orthopedic surgeons who are incredible at what they do. However, they are, you know, they see uh, these patients coming in looking for getting their ankle or knee better, and they have a hammer and it looks like a nail and they're going to go ahead and give it a whack. You know, that's their, uh, I've seen you know, that kind of that thing going on. So I do my very best as a clinician to take the advantage of time that we have as a, a clinician's that is potentially have luckily an hour to really dive in and really understand the mechanism of injury, understand the timeline, the pathology, how it's manifesting in terms of symptoms, how it's presenting in terms of movement impairments, and then really dive deep over that amount of time to give conservative care to give the human body an actual chance at healing. So, I mean, that's one thing that I'm very proud of in, in my practice and that I've staved off many, many, many surgeries and being able to step in and say, please give conservative care a try and getting great results. And that's something that I really love uh, working with people and saying, hey, yeah, I know you got pain. Yeah, I know you got things that you want to do and it sucks and it really, really sucks. Um, but there are ways through that don't involve a, uh, a scalpel. And um, that's, a, that's a very powerful thing. Uh, and it does take time. It does take time. So that's, that's, I think, the biggest thing that we have as an advantage as, as a clinician and as a, a performance physical therapist is that we have that time to actually spend and focus and dive deep and really find what's going on um, that simply, I mean, they might be the best clinicians in the world out there, but they just don't have the time and they just can't dive that deep because it's, it's just a hard thing. Yeah. And I think another thing that that time really allows, allows you to do, especially like work or one-on-one with one patient, you're going to work with that patient one-on-one -on -one for an hour, every single time they're in there is, yeah. I mean, you really, you really develop a, a level of trust um, mm -hmm. and, and, that you just can't, you can't cheat trust. You can't fake yeah. it. You have to earn yeah. it. Um, yeah. and, and you can't earn it. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some experts that would disagree with me, but at, as a whole, you can't earn real trust in, in a short 15 minute window where the person is getting rushed through, through the door in and out, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, what you're, what you're doing is, um, you know, there's a reason that, um, you know, physicians and medical professionals have those lab coats on. I mean, there's that lab coat effect that has professionals. For sure. We know that as soon as someone wears a lab coat, automatically they associate themselves with the medical world. And so physicians wear it not only because, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, uh, I mean, of course, utmost respect for it's due. These guys are physicians. These men and women, these, these people out there are just incredible. Oh, man. They're saving um, lives and changing lives. Yeah, like I, I love what they do. And a part of that profession comes with the comes with that medical you know, it's a power move man it's a sure. power move and, 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 I, and i love it. like wear it wear it with pride that's incredible that is taking um uh you know when we, you and i walk into the clinic we don't wear a lot of coat. we don't wear that you know, traditional medical attire 
And so what we have to do is we don't leverage ourselves in that kind of way and say, hey, we have a lab coat. You know, we have to actually say, hey, we're going to get to know you and take our time. Yeah. And I think that works within our system. So, you know, they don't have the time. They're seeing, you know, a patient every 5, 10, 15 minutes sometimes in, in the, in the you know, orthopod type of world. And, and, you know, it's quick visits and, you know, that's okay. Um, but they don't have the time to really garner that type of trust that we are able to garner. And they get the trust of, you know, look at the look at the environment, look at the previous people we've worked with, you know, look at the. Uh, it's a different type of trust, and so yeah, we, I sure. Feel, I feel I feel like uh, like I said, it works in the right environment for the right professional. Oh my gosh, man. I think you're spot on. And like, uh, you said something very interesting earlier where you're talking about how time is a commodity and how, you know, you patients are getting rushed in and out of rooms now, or let's, let's get them out as quickly as possible. Or, and you know, what it reminded me of when I was going through this, uh, orientation process for this hospital system I was working for. Um, it's a large one here in Georgia. I won't, I won't give any names, but they, they threw up this, um, they threw up this chart of the amount of administrative staff, um, that the hospital employed compared to the amount of um, physicians the hospital employed. Mm-hmm. And the amount of administrative staff had just exponentially increased over the last 10 years. Com- mm-hmm. and, the, and the amount of physicians had pretty much flatlined. Yeah. And what that really sh- demonstrated to me and what that really demonstrated to the audience there was the how, um, you know, like there's, there's really, tr- there's truly been a, um, businessization that's not a word like uh the, like the, med- the world of medicine is really treated more and more and more like a like a world of business now and yeah. so um it really takes an educated consumer and it really takes a concerned and, and and prideful i guess you can say doc or regardless of what doc that is we'll call physician it can be a healthcare yeah. provider from uh you know a rehab standpoint it could be a number a nurse it could be a number of things any anyone in the healthcare field it takes a certain level of, of pride and dedication to wanting to take that next step and and be and really, truly listen to their patients because the system isn't set up to allow them to just naturally do that anymore. Yeah, and, and I want to emphasize what you just said there. It's the system. I mean, these medical professionals are incredible people. I mean, they're so damn smart. They're so damn hardworking. They care, and they get caught up in the same system that I, you know you and I are seeing from a distance. We're lucky. We are so blessed, you and I, to be in a situation where we have a business model where we can take that time. And we can actually go into it and, 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 and really actualize what we went to physical therapy school to do. And, you know, what we set our dreams uh, uh, on the mantle and said, hey, we're going to pursue these things. And, you know, there's so many physicians, there's so many medical professionals out there, you know, NPs, you know, PAs, you name it. And they're all incredible. And they're all in this very, very systemized environment where it's just like all right we got a number to hit and we got to keep these beds full and then get them out and you know this it's not their fault it's just that's the way medicine's gone and it's it you know i feel very lucky i feel very very blessed to be able to say hey i have the ability i have the ability to step away from some of these um, you know these types of jobs because of course they you know they offer more benefits they offer like these you know, incredible packages because you're working with these giant hospital systems and it's just like over the top, but it's also not, it takes away as well. And there's an incredible attraction as, as a medical professional to say, hey, I could work for a Kaiser or I could work for a, you know, these big, big companies. I get it. Um, and 
it's, it's enticing for any medical professional to say, you know, there's, there's this huge system that I could be a part of and there's all these different perks that come with it. But, uh, you know, you and I are lucky to be able to say, okay, do we, to make that choice and say we're going to go and do something with a, a little bit um, uh, more independent. Definitely. Definitely, man. I think, uh, dude, I'm super excited that you, your caseload just opened up. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're, for our, for our, for our system, at least, or for our, for our office, uh, we're super excited to, to finally let you start making an impact on the greater Atlanta area. Um, how, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, this is kind of a redundant mm. question because yeah. you were for AP, but you know, that's what yeah. I ask all of our audience members. So uh, yeah. if somebody could reach out to you, man, what would be the best way to get a hold of you uh, to, to either learn more about you or to um, reach out to you about um, contacting you about how you may be able to help them or anything along those lines? Yeah, it's my email, Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S, at athletespotential.com. Uh, send me an email. Uh, I, it comes right to my phone. I see it, and I should be able to get it back to you real quick. So uh, I'm very much, uh, you know, I'm boots on the ground right now. Our, my schedule just opened up, and I'm super stoked for my first three patients coming in on Wednesday. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, hey, Marcus, man, it's been awesome getting you on the podcast. It's been awesome getting you in the clinic. I'm excited to see what uh, what the I'm excited to see the impact you make on uh, Atlanta, um, especially in that Decatur area. And uh, you have yeah. a good rest of your evening, man. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.